Well, welcome into another BA Chats. So glad you're listening. I'm your host, Kevin Kuntz, and right next to me is the lovely Rachel Kuntz. Y'all know how good my wife looks in a hat? She looks so great. Like, she rocks a hat. Well, it's a good thing because I wear them like nine days out of ten, baby. I'm glad you like them. I'm glad you like that. I like them. Thank you for listening. We are so super glad to have you. BA Chats exists for two main reasons. We always like to keep them in front of you guys. We believe that testimony, well, testimony does mean do it again, God. God is generous and God is loaded and God loves to share all that good sharing stuff that we teach our children is coming from him. He's the original sharer. He's the original generous one. And so anything that you ever hear that he's doing, it's wisdom. Anytime you hear a testimony, it's wisdom to say, God, do it again. Do it in me. Do it through me. And it might look different and, and, and wonderful through you in a different way. But the point is a testimony is to provoke a healthy jealousy. It's to provoke a healthy hunger in us that goes, Oh, for me too. I want that too. Yeah. It's, it's an invitation to the impossible being possible. Yeah. I love that. So, and then the second reason that we have this awesome podcast, the BA chat is that, so you can get to know people that are in our body. We have so many people at Bethel Atlanta that have got fantastic testimonies, have wonderful stories, and there's just gold. There's so much gold and it would be, it would be a shame. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed, wanted to, I'm not putting shame <laughs> on anybody, but I'm saying it would be a shame if you, to not know the stories mm-hmm. of the people that are in our body. So this is a great opportunity for you, for you to learn about all of the wonderful people that God has put in a, in a, in our body. So, so that's why we're here. So many stories worth oh, sharing. So many. And boy, today, oh my goodness, you talk about stories worth yeah. sharing. It's Grand Slam time, guys. I know. Just get ready. Big time. It's awesome. We've got Michael and Jen Coots in the studio. Hello. <laughs> you say that? Not Coots, but Coots in the studio with us. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Michael and Jen are missionaries to Hahutla, Mexico. That's correct. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying anything else. You guys see amazing things. We want to hear what is happening. What is God doing in Hahutla? Well, we've been, in, we're coming up on our third year, or we're in our third year down in Hahutla, Mexico, which is uh, a small town, very small town, about two to three hours south of Mexico City. Um, uh, we've been there with, and now we have a, a child Aww. that was born there and we have another child in the way that'll be born there in, in about two months. Jen is very pregnant. How far along are you, very friend? Pregnant. <laughs> 32 weeks. Oh, you're close. I'm so close. This is the, the end. end is in sight. <laughs> well, you're little Chloe. How old is Chloe? She's just about two years old. She's, oh, she's uh, she'll be two in the end of March. Little precious person. So you guys had Chloe in Mexico, and we'll have mm-hmm. this baby in Mexico that's, as well. That's correct. We, awesome. you know, when we um, get felt called to, the, to be missionaries, and we can talk about that if yeah. you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but we we felt like, you know, we're at the season of life to have children. If the Lord's calling us, He knows that. So we'll <laughs> go, and if we have children, then we'll have them there. And that's how that's been our focus and our heart all along and a lot of people that that's frightening that but we just felt like if God has really called us to this he's calling our family to it not just us or not just me or not just Jennifer and so we went and um within about three months we got pregnant (laughs) arriving in Mexico you guys (laughs) yeah but right before we left I'd been asking the Lord like what are we gonna do how are we gonna find 
someone to help us, like a midwife, mm. a trustworthy doctor. We're in a pueblo. Sure. Small town in Spanish. I think a couple days before we left, I'm leaving the YMCA and an old... Here in Atlanta. Here in Atlanta. A woman whose child I used to have in my preschool class came out. I noticed she had several more children. So we're talking about that. And she says, oh, I just got back from living in Mexico City. I had my kids there. I had an amazing doctor. Wow. So she connected us with him, which was exactly just something that was on my mind a lot before we moved. It was like, okay, we want to have kids. We've heard the C-section rate's really high. Medical care's not that great where we are. What are we going to do? Sure. And then God just sent that lady to us. Oh, my gosh. You guys, great story. And that was here because you're both from Atlanta. That needs to be said. Is that uh, right? Um, actually, no. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. okay. And Jennifer was born in New York, New York and then was raised in South Carolina, Florence, South Carolina. So okay. I moved to Atlanta in 2010. She moved here in 2012. Mm-hmm. And we met here. And you met here, mm-hmm. got married here. How long were you married before you headed to Mexico? Uh, we were married in 2014, and then we uh, went to Mozambique to Iris Harvest School. Oh. That's another story in 2015, <laughs> and then from there we went to Mexico in 2016. So we went, we left for the mission field about a year after we were married. Wow, married one year, mm-hmm. moved to Hujutla, and yeah. a baby got pregnant three months later. That's correct. You and then, guys. And then here we are with another one on the way. So. Oh, you guys, that's good living. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> good <is>. living. <laughs> well, where would you like to start? Would you like to start in Mozambique or would you like to start in Hohutla now? What do you think, Let's Jen? start in Mozambique. Okay. <laughs> so, once upon a time in Mozambique. I, I think, I, honestly, I'm... I'm the, the, the chatty one, the talkative one. I've <laughs> preached at, at Bethel Atlanta, and there's podcasts out there where you can hear a lot more of my story, personal story. But um, I think the for both of us, before we got married, we'd felt Jenna actually was a missionary. She had lived on the mission field since college, Jenna off and on. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I did so, not know that. Where uh, were you? I went... Um, well, right after college, I went to India for a few months. I did not know and this. And then... It was through an organization called Adventures and Missions. Okay. The World Race. Okay. That's what they're known no, no, no. for. Okay. World Race. That was pre-World Race. Well, it's the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the organization, organization. that does gotcha. that. Gotcha. So yeah. okay. I went on like a college trip with them. Okay. And then after that, I interned in an orphanage in Nicaragua. Wow. For a few months. And then I came home in support race for a year and then did the World Race. Wow. Which is 11 countries and 11 months. So have you always wanted to do this? And did you know you were going to marry a missionary? Not so much. I <laughs> Missionary. I think in college, when I started really, really getting to know the Lord, I, at first he really drew me in with this heart for orphans. Sure. So I was like, oh, I've got to go be with them. You love them so much. And that's what led me to India and then Nicaragua and then... I just felt like I it was time to keep going. You know yeah, how sometimes sure. you know like it's time to settle down or sure. I feel like I'm supposed to keep moving. So then that's what led me to the world race. Wow. So awesome. But I I mean before college I didn't think I would be a missionary. Wow. It kind of snuck up on me. Oh, man, it has snuck up perfectly and wonderfully, <laughs> yeah. bro. You've been all over. I think you should share, though, like why you came to Atlanta from Florence, South Carolina, after being a missionary. Yeah, I was... Okay, so after I finished the world race, I had... I was ready to settle down a little. Because, okay. you know, you're moving every month. You're just pack, living out of a backpack, 
in a tent, wherever they put you. So when you say settle down, you mean just like like a house. I'd love a room <laughs> and plumbing. I just want to be a room. <laughs> yeah. yes. Settle down, Jen's that definition. Would be <laughs> I'd love to throw toilet paper in the toilet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so totally. I was just praying about it, and I just felt like the Lord said Atlanta. Awesome. And I had two friends here. Okay. Um, so I talked with them, like just trying to get a feel for, do you know somewhere I could live? That's awesome. Any kind of connection. But also I'd um, recently, like within the year before that, um, started tuning into Bethel Redding to their church services and okay. worship and somehow found out there was a Bethel Atlanta here. Wow. So I was like, oh, man, that's real exciting that the Lord said Atlanta. There's a Bethel Atlanta. And I was I'm still wanting to do ministry with... Um, prostitution that we did a little bit of on the world race sure so i got connected with nightlight here so i just packed up my car i had like 500 dollars in my bank account (laughs) here we go lord you better provide for me or else i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) that is an adventure you are brave jen coots so and it worked out amazingly and so my story is a little different than hers <laughs> because I was not the missionary. I was doing the typical American dream trajectory. Like I did university, succeeded in university, went to law school at Mercer Law School down in Macon, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I Succe- didn't know you were at Mercer. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I went to University of Florida for undergraduate and I was a fraternity guy into the party scene, um, really enjoyed college, but by the grace of God, still excelled with my grades, went to law, decided to go to law school, um, really didn't have the Lord in my life. I, I'd been a believer growing up, and I, and I still would say there not time that I believed in Jesus, my Savior. Sure. I just wasn't pursuing Him with everything. I was pursuing the world, um, pursuing other things, and uh, went to law school. And from there, I began. I hit like a rock bottom, and I felt this emptiness that I couldn't fill with alcohol and all the party. And I was like, I've got to find something else. And I started going to church again, but it was still very like, I'm still going out, going to church, but sure. it, was, it was kind of like. I was sensing something drawing me to the Lord. And um, so then I went and got a job with a, a large law firm um, in, in Atlanta. And that was in 2010. And so I came to Atlanta for the job. So I came here. I'm going to go be at the Buckhead Bars. I'm going to be making all this money. And I ran into a friend and she was like, have you, um, she, I hadn't, and she was like, oh, I, I just got saved. Do you want to go to church with me? And I was like, oh man. Yeah, sure. I'll go with you. And so I went to a, a church with her, a Buckhead Church, Andy Stanley's church, mm-hmm. and um, returned to basically came back to the Lord through that process wow. after being away for like eight years. And um, and I, I was still working on track to be like a partner at a, law, a successful law firm, working with financial institutions and banks. And um, the Lord told me, I mean, I, this is when I was just, I didn't know God really spoke. I was, this was wow. not, I wasn't connected into like the charismatic Pentecostal sure. Bethel stream. I'd never been raised in that. I was raised more traditional, but I felt like the Lord put on my heart. You're supposed to go on the, you're supposed to be go on a mission trip. And I was like, I work all the time. How do I take off to go on a mission trip? And I went to Buckhead church that morning and Andy Stanley said from the stage, some of you need to dust off your passports and go overseas. <laughs> and I said, okay. okay. So, so I, I signed. That. Yeah. And I, that's how Lord speaks. And in, in, in that moment, that was like so profound to me. And I went to Haiti for a week. And while I was in Haiti, um, my b- younger brother went with me. I heard, I felt like the Lord, it was like an impression, said, this is going to be your life. Wow. And I'm like, I'm in my first year of practice. I owe $150,000 in debt. How is this going to happen? <laughs> but it just, 
there was a seed planted in me to be a missionary, which I'd never thought about being a missionary at that point. Maybe when I was younger, but I don't recall sure. that. And um, so I always had this heart, like, I'm going to be a missionary. And the Lord, and I felt like the Lord also said, but you're going to be debt free when you go. And I'm like, all right, God, it's on you. I have $150,000 to pay no, off. I'll no. do, I'll be faithful and pay it. But, um, but I still need your help in this intervention because that's a lot of money. And in four years, I paid it all off. <gasps> And um, wow. I felt the release for the Lord. <laughs> so you did, you practiced law for four years. Five years. Five years. Yeah, one year off. when I was kind of in the middle, you know, lukewarm, sure. and, then, and then the four years going for it. Four years going for it paid off $150,000 yeah. debt. Yeah. Wow. And, and also the, the three days before we got married. Oh. And that was a promise from the Lord, too. You're going to be debt free before you get married. And I was like, that's impossible. And literally the Wednesday before, I had a check come in for the last bit of money I had needed to pay off from a friend who said, the Lord told me to, to send you this money. <laughs> now, Michael, I love this. Take that These one. are great stories. Yeah, I, I love this I about your testimony. Yeah. You, when you got turned on, you were like yeah. on the street, leading yeah. people. To, I mean, it was wild. Yeah, it's, it's because... It's this is how the enemy works. Is he finds that's why he messes with people. He figures out, okay, this person has this weakness. Maybe it's from something in their past. Maybe it's something their parents and they've seen this. Um, but are they see that, that there's this calling on their life? The enemy sees it. It's like, okay, I need to t- t- turn them a little bit, turn their direction. So my passion was for the bars and friends people. out of the bars and it's people and there's Social. and that's kingdom to yeah. like want to be around people totally. and to like have friends and to have community but the enemy had totally turned it to where it was like you need to go out and you got to drink to be around people you've got to do this and convince me that i couldn't be in social settings without drinking and things like that which sure. is alcoholism and when when that got removed and the lord came in again i mean he was already there but when he really yeah. filled it and i was like a kind of like wait a minute i'm not going back like this no. I'm, I'm going 100 and all that energy i was focusing toward the bars and parties now i'm turning it toward jesus wow and toward the kingdom and that's when i got introduced to uh my friend said hey have, have you ever uh did you know that you can pray for the sick and they'll be healed and i'm like what <laughs> he's like yeah and i'm like and he just he dropped that little seat on me and walked off and i was like this is my, my buddies from high school and then he's like yeah and you can hear god's voice and then we're just like he dropped these little nuggets to see if i was good soil and i'm like Okay, I'm, I'm, I've read the Bible and I'm a lawyer, so I'm reading the Bible like, okay, <laughs> I see healing it. everywhere. What? And um, so then I'm like, yeah, it's all over the Bible. I'm like, yeah. well, where did I, how did I miss this? I, I, I was raised in the church. Never saw this for what it was. I, you know? I love this experience. Yeah. I hope we all have this experience over and over with the Lord until we go home of, it's been here the whole yeah. time. Oh yeah. my goodness. But all of us have had this yeah. with healing and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. like, what in the world? <laughs> I have been reading this book <laughs> yeah. from birth. How did I miss that? How yeah. did I miss it? And that's, that's my awesome. thing. And he said... And I found, I started reading Acts. I'm like, what is this baptism in the Holy Spirit? How come I've read the Bible and I've been in like a church that's supposed to be like Bible focused, traditional, and I never noticed that this was different than the water baptism. How am I missing this? And my friend's like, okay, you're good soil. And so he started just, this buddy of mine started, I actually had dinner with him last night. He started discipling me and just, we started running together and eventually I caught up with him, but he started, we started, he introduced me to Bethel, to Bill Johnson, to the Chris Valentin, to Jesus culture, to those teachings. And it really just I was like, okay, this is what I was called for. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, and and it's and it's and it wasn't in that moment. I was a lawyer. I sure. wasn't a missionary. I was going working 11, 12 hours a day as an attorney, wearing a suit every day, trying to figure out how do you bring the Holy Spirit into that environment. Sure. Yeah. And also keep the fire going sure. and not get cynical with all the you know addiction and all the addiction to work and just the things that happen in a in a, in a office setting. 
And uh, that's when we started taking teams to the streets because I was like, you know what? If God really heals, then we're going to go for it. You know, like, so I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to unite our faith and we're just going to go to the streets of Buckhead. Uh, we're going to Georgia Tech's campus. We're going to go to Grady Hospital and we're just going to go and see if God does something. And, and there's a while. And we did. And in the beginning, we didn't. But we were doing it because we believed that's what God wanted to do. And we were just building this history with him. Like, hey, we're going for it. Like, and we always had testimonies it was not if they didn't get healed it was something happened sure. and so that's what I, I was doing that and that process and I was working with human trafficking here in Atlanta at nightlight and that's when I met Jennifer so you guys uh, met at uh, nightlight yes wow yeah okay did you know right away actually it's interesting <laughs> I, I had put it I had I just come out of a self-imposed dating fast well I was still in it I was like a year and a half in and when I saw Jennifer <laughs> I saw it was I just needed to kind of reset everything. And sure, and sure. for you single people out there, if you're having trouble, maybe you should just take some time off and focus on the Lord for about a year and then come back to it. Because that's I what like I did. The word reset. Yeah. It, it totally I just and, and I'm not, I, what I did was I, I wasn't texting girls. I was truly not pursuing any girls, not even just friends that is kind mm. of an emotional attachment. I totally cut that off. I had friends in group settings and I had girls that I was around, like in worship and our home groups, but I wasn't creating emotional bonds with individuals sure. that was like it, 10 years ago we called it dating now we call it being yeah. friends or right. uh, you know seeing what's if they're interested or not you know sure. and and i did that and and i watched it and i was like man and the and I, in that process I, this is what i'm learning here god i felt like i'm saying the next woman you you, you date is gonna be the one you marry and wow. i'm 27 or 8 at that time so i'm like okay i better take that seriously and I showed up at this ministry nightlight because I'd heard that these radicals are going out till 2 a.m. praying for the sick <laughs> and they're praying for prostitutes and pimps and they're going to hourly rate hotels, praying over the, the door, you know, over the doors and doing just crazy things. <laughs> That's so cool. Dude, you know? were you doing all that? Yeah. I was. I don't know how I did it. That's yeah. awesome. It was late nights. Yeah. Because we'd, we'd meet at 7 p.m. at Grace Midtown and we'd worship for two hours, get just full of the Holy Ghost, and then we'd go out just <laughs> wasted. I mean, That's awesome. I say wasted, but we were just so jacked up in the spirit. We we're like, yeah, you know, there's, you, you were afraid of anything <laughs> yeah you know hotels. yeah and and I, I, the first day i show awesome. up and i was again i was still very new to i i just started hearing about tongues prophecy and i show up and there's mostly women in this ministry they're like four guys and then like 20 girls or 15 girls and i get in there and worship starts and they start prophesying over everybody and i'm like what what is this but i was like something inside me is like this is wow. this is what it's all about you know these people have given these are young people who are just going for it and jennifer i remember this we, we do this time where we kind of process our week so that we can kind of get all the junk out before we go out to the front lines because the enemy's looking for any way in. And if you're going to the, where the prostitutes are, the enemy's looking for any little chink in your armor to kind of... Sure. And so we kind of would just say, hey, this is what happened this week and will you pray for me? And Jen, I, I just remember, I looked, she came in and I'm again, I'm in a dating fast. So I'm, I'm really trying to stay away from girls, like not go sure. deep. And I look over there and she starts sharing about this revelation the Lord had given her. Given her. Yeah, the Lord told me this week this, this, and this. And I look at her and I'm like, Wow. <laughs> She's beautiful. And it was like, she was beautiful naturally, but then the anointing on her, it was like just, beautiful, whoa. Beautiful. And just her intimacy. Her, I was actually, she had this intimacy with the Lord that I was attracted to as well. I was like, wow, man, she knows God. Like, she's a friend of his. And um, and I think I even like, this and, and, and during that night, we were all praying for each other. And I went and said, I feel like I'm just supposed to pray for you. And this was not anything manipulative. I just, I feel like I'm so blessed. And because at that time, I knew I was dating fast. I was like, I'm not asking this girl out. I just felt like I was supposed to pray for her. And I prayed for her. And then honestly, I don't think we really were crossed paths for about like a few months. I mean, we'd, we'd see each other, but we weren't, you know, like talking or anything sure. like that. And then like about, and then my dating fast ends and I don't see Jen for like two months because she got sick and then she was traveling. And then, 
And then she started coming to the home group I was hosting in Buckhead with a bunch of different churches. And she started coming to that. And I felt like, okay, I think I'm going to go for this. I think Mm. I'm going to ask her out. And that's a whole nother story. But after about a year of friendship or knowing each other, I asked her out. And then we dated for 10 months. We were engaged for three months. And then... And married. Yeah. Did you guys go to Mozambique right away? Uh, We went... Do you want to share about that? We waited a year. We wanted to just... We'd gotten some advice from some older couples just to take time to like get to know each other and it's awesome build a strong foundation sure great and advice we're so glad we yeah. did that <laughs> so it, a year in atlanta married yes awesome part of beth well actually i was not part of beth atlanta and this is an unusual thing i was committed to serve with youth at another church for another like eight months jen had been part of beth atlanta since 2012 okay so i would come down here to go when i like once every four or five weeks because I love being here, but I had this commitment that I wanted to honor with these middle schoolers. And so even in our first eight months of marriage, which was very challenging, Jen was at Bethel and I was leading a youth group sure. at another church. And then I would come like every five weeks down here um, to go with Jen to church. And we were part of a home group together, two home sure. groups together. So we were in community, Christian community together. It wasn't like we were just right. going sure, separate ways. Sure. And it was honestly a previous commitment. She knew about going into it. Like I, I feel like I'm yeah. supposed to remain committed here. But, uh, and then from that, but, but once my commitment ended, I was like, I came, I came to Bethel and Bethel. I was like, I'm here. I want, I want to be in the healing rooms team. And I jumped in. I was like, you know, cause I was ready to, to be, I'd been wanting to be part of it for so long. I'd been, when she was in the school ministry, when we were dating, I got to come down here. I got to know people. He we was did. one of the most faithful members of my outreach team. <laughs> That's awesome. And I wasn't even a student. And you were a student. <laughs> we went to the Buckhead bars where I used to party. So that's where her outreach was. And I was like, this nice. is great. The Lord released me to go back in and, and minister. So. so what years were you a student, Jen? At Bassam. It was 2013 <laughs> to 14. 13, yeah. 13, it was like 14. Kid and Mary Lovell, Bob and Brenda, like yeah, a lot of that's a great class. pillars of, the, of Bethel oh, yeah. now. Were in Kyle and Mary Beth Francis, oh, Cliff wow. McCall, like a bunch of our friends were part of that class. Yeah. And it was nice. incredible. Okay, so how did Mozambique come up? You, you were yeah. a Bassam student and mm-hmm. you did first and second year? Just first. Okay, first year. And then you got finished with your commitment. Yes. One year married and you guys. And so we decided, we, we have some... Just, some spiritual mentors, fathers, you know, people that said like, Hey, you need to, um, consider taking a year and just focus on your marriage. And we're like, you hear the Heidi and Roland story where they went on their honeymoon to Indonesia <laughs> yeah. or something. I mean, you hear those stories <laughs> yep. and I believe that I know people with the Lord is called to do that. And it's very specific, but if the Lord has not specifically called you to that, I really recommend spending a year in your familiar culture with family, with community, because as you guys know, the first year of marriage can be, somewhat sure. challenging. Sure. I mean, it's too, if you do it right, like we weren't living together, we weren't sleeping together. So we're sure. merging two lives that are very different. And like imagine how doing do that. you live together, sleep together? It's a first imagine year if we we're doing either. that in another culture, we didn't speak the language. Totally. It'd be so, so we were so, I mean, those first six months, you know, there's a lot of long conversations, a lot of nights talking and figuring out like our differences. I'm glad we did that in Atlanta with like healthy community as opposed to like on the field with no community or sure. with another culture. So we did that, but like we knew the year date it was like, uh, we got married in August 23rd, 2014. So we knew that 2015, August would have been our year. We weren't being like, you know, you know, wooden about that. We were like, oh, rigid. We're like, we're going to sure. But it was funny because we had been talking about doing a mission school, like, because she didn't need to, she'd been in the mission field for a long time. We'd done, but I was like, look, I'm coming out of corporate America. I need some structure. Like I'm about to leave major structure to go to like 
no structure. Can you just, for me, <laughs> let's do something. From overstructure yeah. to no nothing. No. I mean, generally. No, no, sure. yeah. totally. And I don't know, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a grid for it. I'm oh, like, yeah. and so we, you know, obviously in our heart, our dream was like Iris, you know, there's, there's such a connection with Iris and Bethel. I mean, they're married, literally. They, they, you can, Heidi and Bill will talk about how they're married. We're married as we are married with Iris as an organization. Which again, um, Iris is Heidi Baker, Roland yeah. Baker. Yes. Okay. And actually our ministry in Mexico is Iris. It's called Kaleo Iris or Kaleo International, but it's, it's an Iris base for Mexico. It's the Iris base for Mexico and in and, and most of Central America. So you'll see the name Kaleo International, but it's, it's for other reasons. But for all intents and purposes, we are Iris for Mexico wow. and for Central America. But um, we, we, we kind of tried to look at like YWAM and OM sure. and other really good organizations, but we just kept coming back to like... Great. Harvest school because we really just, it just our hearts came alive and we thought about it and I sure. thought okay oh, there'll be a spring school so our year will be up and we'll go in the spring and a friend of ours just got back from harvest school and she's like they don't have a spring school you'd have to wait until the summer she's like there's a school that starts in like two months and we were like no way we don't have time to plan for that she's like I think they're still taking applications so like literally the first of August we just said well we can apply for the August for the October school let's just apply. We can decide if we want to go to the school or not. Within two days, we got the acceptance. And Jen right. goes, you know, she goes, Michael, I know you're going to say that you want to go. And we were like, we're going. So right. like in, in like six weeks, we packed up our, our apartment. We sold a car. We moved all our stuff into storage. Wow. We raised like twelve, thirteen thousand $13,000 in support wow. and went to, because we knew it was the Lord. I mean, sure. and we just sent some emails out and said, hey, we're going if you want to support us, getting checks for $1,000 from people awesome. from Bethel, like friends here. They're just like, sure. we believe in you, go. Wow. And um, we went and we just left everything. And I had to go, I mean, I was two years away from partnership. I mean, being wow. up for partnership. And I had to go to my boss and it was the hardest thing. And I was, because I still, we still meet regularly. And I was like, hey, Bill, like, he's a Christian. So I was like, hey, I, this is really hard for me, but I got to tell you something. I'm going to be a missionary. And he goes, well, I'm not going to argue with what God told you. That's He's like, awesome. and I was like, Whew. So great. but it was really hard for me because I'm a very high loyalty person. Sure. So Jen quit her job as a preschool teacher. I left my practice. Um, and we moved to Mozambique in fall of 2015. For how long? It was three months okay. about that's how long the school is about. It's like two and a half to three months. So okay. it's long enough to really like, you can go for a week somewhere and it's like, okay, ready to get back. But three months, you're like, okay, I've lived you're in. Invested. Yeah, yeah, you've 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 gone through some like ups and downs. You How was that experience? I tell people if you really are like, if you want to do any kind of missions, or if you're just trying to get something kick started, like you've Harvest School is a very good place to sure. go because it's just a lot of people who've given up a lot to go and be in the dirt and the glory. Um, right now, unfortunately, they're not doing the schools in Mozambique for, for danger, for some other reasons. Political reasons yeah, yeah. Political reasons. So they've been doing the schools where they travel around to Israel and Amsterdam, uh, uh, the Netherlands and Tanzania. And they're kind of doing these mobile schools right now. And I, I believe they're going to do another one in next summer until they get things worked out. But, um, we were, there were 30 countries represented at Harvard school, 30, so, countries. 30 countries. So it's like heaven. You're yeah. in worship with Asians and Africans and Europeans and South Americans and everybody is worshiping the Lord and just going for hours in worship every day. And wow. it was just incredible experience for us, just the cross cultural piece, but also like just uh, that, that when you sacrifice so much mm -hmm. and you're hungry, man, God really honors that I oh, found. Sure. And we, we were, we loved it. And, and, and part of the school is you do the three months in Mozambique and you do all the, you know, you go out to the, the bush bush, they call it, where you go out and you, we saw deaf ears open. I mean, 
You see everything. You see that. Wonderful. And that was the first time that like Heidi looked at us before going to outreach and she said, pray for the deaf and they'll get, they'll, they will recover. Like that certainty. And I go at something to me said they will. And so I was like, I got to find deaf someone to pray for because I, I, there's not a doubt in my mind that they're going to, they're going to be healed. Cause Heidi always talks about the testimonies of the deaf and the blind being healed. And I'm like, we're talking about testimonies right now. I was like, he'll do the same for me. I mean, they've totally. broken through something in Mozambique. Let's go for it. And, um, prayed for three deaf people that Whoa. got their hearing and, 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 and one night. And I was like, well, that happens, you know, and I believed it and I'd seen healing. I'd sure. seen all these levels of healing, but it was just wild. Like in one, like two second prayer. Sure. Ears open and kids like repeating words back to you. So Mozambique, yeah, that's harvest, Mozambique, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Did you go straight from there to Hahutla? Yeah. So so what happened was we felt called to Latin America. We felt okay. like we both had Spanish backgrounds. I did four years of Spanish in high school. Jennifer had lived in Nicaragua and Honduras, so she had a background. And I felt like the Lord. We both felt like Latin America is where we were. Even there in Africa, we're like she lived in Africa previously too. She lived in Tanzania and and somewhere else. But um, we just felt like, man, we love the Africans and, and the Mozambicans, but there's something about the Latinos that we sure, like want to be love. with, Pr- primarily Central America and Mexico, which is not Mexico is considered part of North America. So we look at like the outreaches because after every school, there's like an outreach. And um, that, that's where you go, where you're, you kind of feel called and people go to, I mean, all over, there's like 20 different nations they send teams out to. Okay. And um, we looked at Latin America and it was Colombia and Mexico and we didn't know anything about, and, it, and at that time, the base in Mexico was not, it was two, there was like four missionaries and there was not an Irish base. And we said, well, let's sign up for Mexico. And so we did. We were the only ones that went and we got there and uh, it was in Hohula okay. with Artur and Emily, who are our base leaders and Josh and Olivia Muse, who are our founders and a couple of the other missionaries who just shown up from harvest school. So there was like, at that time, I think there were seven, a girl from New Zealand, a couple of Americans, a couple of Mexicans that had done harvest school and then, and us. And, um, we were there for two weeks, and in two weeks, we saw more miracles than we saw in Mozambique. Whoa. And we were like, wow. So God is doing something in this country. Yeah. And, in, and I was preaching, Jen was wow. ministering, we got to do all this ministry, and there are a lot of things that we'd ask the Lord before we went to even Mozambique. Like, what do we want in a ministry? Like, what is it that we, like, as a missions organization, what do we want? And it was like, focus on evangelism, focus on church planting, focus on um, human trafficking, prostitution. Uh, very teachable, open to new ideas. Cause mm-hmm. some ministries are just like, this is what we do, you know, mm-hmm. come and do it. And that's great. But we wanted to be something where we could actually dream and have uh, start new organizations and focused on signs and wonders, the, you know, this, the presence, things that, you know, we value as Bethel. And we got down to Hohula. We're like, man, they're doing all the stuff that we, we asked, the, we told the Lord. Wow. And, um, you know, for some, they ask like, what did God speak to you about going to Hohula? And I'm like, well, you know, God speaks in different ways to different people. But if you lay a list out in front of the Lord and say, we want all these things, and then he takes you to that place, and all those things are met, you're like, I think that's you speaking, God. <laughs> that's a you know? <laughs> But some will be like, well, God didn't specifically say that city. And I'm like, I, I, I trust. I feel, I feel good. You know, I feel good about it. So, but, but I was like on this trip like for two weeks with these, with these awesome missionaries, and um, you know, we're seeing all this healing and stuff happen. And actually, my gifts of knowledge gift was activated on Mexican soil. Great. So, which wow. is incredible. I had just been, you know, you, it says earnestly desire spiritual gifts, you know, and that, that's like a lust after. I mean, it's like a just yearn for it. And I've been saying, Lord, healing and words of knowledge, healing and words of knowledge. I just, wow. I'd seen Randy Clark do it. I've been to a couple of schools. I was like, and I had seen a degree of it. When I stepped on Mexican soil, all of a sudden I started feeling these pains in my bodies. Wow. In my body, and I started testing them from the stage and it was people 
for people to get healed. Sure. Like at a level I'd never operated at. Like I, I say wow. seven words, seven people come to the front. Like wow. very precise. And I'm not tooting my own horn. This is a testimony for those yeah. of you out here that are like looking for that. Like the, it was like the Lord... It was like the Lord activated a gift where my calling was. Wow. That's wow. Isn't that incredible? It's a way, yeah. Do you think it's a way of knowing? I, I mean, it's just more like this is it. I think this so. Is it, again? it was like an affirmation of, of what it was. And I, I don't know how to explain it, but I know that, I mean, I can truly say that up until now, my, you know, I believe that you're gifted and you operate wherever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Holy Spirit's the same totally. here as in Mexico. And I've seen degrees of healing here, but there's something that there's like a favor for me and Jen in Mexico with the spiritual gifts that's different than the United States. And just like Randy Clark says it for Brazil, he says there, it's like he doesn't open heaven where it's, they've literally it's and and I think life has the same in in Pakistan where it's just, you see a higher level of, of, of the, of healing or miracles or whatever you want to call it. It's kind of your sweet spot. Yeah. And that was something that happened that was exciting. And so I'm like, I'm the kind of like green light go. Like God, we said we're going to mission field. We're ready to go. And Jen's like, Michael, do not tell them we're coming here. <laughs> do not. And, do, not um, do not. Yeah. And, and uh, she's like, we'll talk about it when we get home. Cause we'd actually had three more, we were planning to stay for three months in the States, get back into, you know, the groove kind of rest, recover process from Mozambique, sure. from Mexico and kind of pray about the next season fast and prayer. We valued that. And uh, about two months in, we felt like we we're supposed to go back to Mexico. Right. And so we called them and they said, can you be here at the end of April? We, we, we just, we were already packed. So we literally just left. And I mean, moved to Hula. 2016, we moved to Hula. And at that time, there were only two missionaries. It was a Mexican national who had done school in um, uh, the United States. His name was Arturo Higuera. Most people that have been down there know Arturo. He's an incredible leader. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's truly gifted and um, is, is just has a lot of favor mm-hmm. and his wife, Emily who's American, but she's lived down there for about seven years, but for seven years they've been by themselves. Wow, so before we got there, I think it'd been five years or four years, they've been just plowing dirt by themselves on the wow. ground. And we were like, I think we're supposed to go be with them because they need help. They need a family. They need friends. Sure. And so we asked if we could go do that and they sent us to be with them. So that's where we've been for the last three years with Arturo and Emily. And now our team has grown to about nine people. So Okay, well, be thinking of a favorite testimony. I want to hear one testimony from Hootland. I can't believe this. We're about to be out of town. I'm so sorry. Oh, Michael, no, you're kidding. (laughs) This is beautiful. I get excited. It's very exciting. Oh, my goodness. you're, You're killing it. Um, this is Eden, my oldest daughter and I. This is where we went in March. We went yep. down and served with you guys. Yes. And you have a gorgeous thing going in Hoopla. Yes. It was wonderful. Uh-huh. We enjoyed your city. Yes. It's a small town, but it was pretty incredible because we, in the last two years, we've had John Arnott from Catch the Fire there twice. And we had a stadium, like a field event with a couple, two, 3,000 people. And we actually had Heidi Baker come. That's when, when, when Eden, they, and, when Eden and Rachel came with a team from the Bethel yeah. uh, Atlanta. And uh, we probably, I think they estimated about 5,000 each night. So wow. in a small town, to, and in Mexico, Christians are, are Protestants are about 10% of the okay. population. Of 120 million people, 10%. 90% are Catholic and, ident- and, and kind of have their own thing going. So to get 5,000 either Christians or people that are just interested in what's going on into a field that's hot. It's about 105 degrees during the day down there and the dirt. It's called for, the oven of Mexico. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. It, actually, it actually means like burning in the native language, <laughs> which I think is prophetic actually. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we've had these amazing events and that's not all we do, but they've, that because of the relationship we have with John Arnott and catch the fire because of the relationship we have with Beth Atlanta, because of the relationship we have with Iris, we've had yeah. these teams come and uh, Heidi uh, came that time, and then John Arnott's actually coming back to Mexico City with us in February. So we've uh, had he's he feels like I think he feels like there's something happening in Mexico, and so he's 
you know, him awesome. and Carol are traveling down to, to pour more into the pastors and leaders down where we are. Okay, tell us something wonderful. What's a testimony recently that's happened Goodness. in Hahutla? I know. I'm, I'm just thinking about what happened when we yeah. were there, and I'm like, where do you even start? There's just so much going on good. So uh, many miracles. The thing that I was just telling someone was we've reached a point where it's actually the rarity to not see healing. That's awesome. Which is a good That's place great. to be. Awesome. It's always like, what's going on? You're, you're at that point when in Mexico. And, um, and, and so, so I'm just trying to, uh, you know, I keep, I send out emails and I kind of, that's how I keep record of everything. And I should have written down some, um, okay. I would share, share this. That's, it's pretty uh, cool. testimony. it's healing to a degree, but we actually have been going into the, the local hospital every two weeks for the last, I think about a year and a half. Awesome. Favor of the, the hospital administrator has given us a permission to come and provide emotional and spiritual support for two, for three hours every Thursday. That's great. And so, we get to literally go into the, the waiting, the, 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 the hospital rooms where there are patients and we get to pray for them. Wow. And I bring a team about six to eight and we break into groups and we just, and the, the women usually go to the women's ward and the men just walk the other one and we come in and we just say, Hey, we're here. We're not asking for anything. Does anybody need healing? Well, they've been sitting there in this really sad, you know, low resources, underfunded hospital. They're like, of course, pray for me. And they, yeah. I, I'll, I'll just say this about Mexicans supernatural is normal. So it's like good or bad. It's very easy to, to, <laughs> it's for them. It's not, it's, it's not a like, Oh yeah, maybe there'll be healing. It's like, Oh sure. Why not? You sure. know? And we pray for a lot of people who don't even believe in the same things as us, but God touches them. And that's one thing that I've noticed recently that I would like to share is I, I think I should have shared this with Josh a few weeks ago. We went to the hospital and there's a guy there and he had like a broken his leg or something. And he was a kind of a young guy, kind of cool, you know, on his phone. And, and I just looked in and I said, Hey, um, we're here praying for people. Can I pray for you? And he said, sure. Why not? Kind of laugh, smirking. And I said, can I put my hand on your chest? And he said, sure. And I put my hand on his chest. He immediately started crying. And I was like, what are you feeling? He's like, something amazing. I don't know what this is. I didn't even say anything about Jesus. I just put my hand on his chest and he's crying. And he's like, he accepted Jesus right there because of what he experienced. He's like, I feel love and good. It's like, I joy and peace. And, and I was able to explain the gospel from that. I said, Hey, what you're experiencing <laughs> is Jesus Christ. He's the Prince of peace. He's the, he brings the fullness of joy. He brings love. He's everything that you can imagine. That's him touching you right now. It's not me. I'm just, uh, awesome. I'm just, you know, a servant. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm one of his, I'm one of his brothers and I'm down here and I'm introducing you to him. Awesome. And, and we've seen that multiple times in, in, in recent weeks where we'll just start praying for people and they start feeling joints moving around and, and br- I mean, br- where breaks are, they start feeling and you don't tell them, Hey, you're going to feel this. You just say, can I pray for you? And they're like, something's moving where the break is. Wow. And the pain is gone. And you're like, okay, well, get an x-ray from the doctor and we'll check with you, you know? Personal question. Have you seen toes grow back or limbs grow back or anything like that yet? I have not. And that's something I've been really going for, honestly. It was my word going down there. And so, man, everybody missing limbs or toes or anything, I was looking for and prayed for all of them. And I didn't see anything. But, I, you know, it's that it, thing. You, I didn't see it with my eyeballs, but you just know yeah. that it's there in your heart. That that was, when you guys were down there, we had that we had a healing tent mm-hmm. that was our idea. Like, look, people are coming here for healing. Right. Let's just have a place 
place for them to go as soon as they get here. We don't want to wait to the altar call. Like let's have somewhere that's just concentrated. And we had, and so there's actually about six schools of supernatural ministry that are connected to Bethel in Mexico. And we have a relationship with them. So I invited all the schools to come be our part of our ministry team along with the Bethel team. And it was just this amazing, like family feel like everybody's in there going for healing. And for after two days of going for it, we were seeing like blind people's eyes open, ears open. We We were seeing people walk that hadn't walked. People have pain leave their body. All kinds of things immediately, and, immediately. Like and people really rolling in and walking out. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. And that's the normal occurrence for us. I prayed for a woman recently that she came to me cause she had like a, it was a cyst that was visible and, um, prayed for her. Didn't see her for a couple months. She came back to me. She says, Oh yeah, I didn't tell you that it disappeared. I went back to the doctor and he said it was gone. I was like, <laughs> like well, what? thanks. And that's <laughs> thanks the thing. It's, it's like natural. They're like, Oh yeah, of course I went to church and got healed. And they just that's don't even beautiful. think. That's yeah. a great standard. Yeah. What so a I'm great like, let's get to that to place where it's like, Oh yeah, by the way that, you know, we celebrate the testimony, but it's so amazing when that's just like the normal, yeah. you know, wow. the, so, normal in yeah. the normal, the normal, which is in the state of Morelos, which is directly South of Mexico city. Wow. So Michael Coots, yeah. thank you so much. My goodness. Absolutely. I wish we had four of these. Yeah. I really do. I yeah. wish I'm we could just go more on time. and on. Oh, no. So if people wanted to get connected to yeah. you, how, how could they do that? Yeah. Right now, I think it's kaleointernational.org is our website. It's K-A-L-E-O international.org. That's the website for our organization. You can find the Facebook links, the uh, Instagram links. We're really up in our social media game. I'm not on social media. Uh, I'm not really involved in it. <laughs> it's for personal reasons sure. and personality reasons, but the, the, the team is doing a really good job with that. And okay. we put testimonies there regularly on the Facebook Great. and anybody can follow it. And they're trying to keep people like in the loop of what God's doing in Mexico. So I'd say clayinternational.org is your best starting point. Okay. And you can find, uh, any of the works from there. Cause we have multiple bases in Mexico. Great. So Michael, cool. thank you. Uh-huh. Jen did have to slip out. Chloe yeah. needed her. Yes. We have a little two year old and oh, she wants her girl. mom. So she looks, I was just looking at Jen while we were talking. Oh, yeah. Chloe looks like, Jen. yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. It's amazing. <laughs> they are two peas. <laughs> it's so cute. I, can I, just, I had a word of knowledge. Absolutely. If it's okay. Oh, if I was, oh, yeah. That was um, gonna, I was going to invite you to do that. Okay. That would be great. Yeah. Well, I, I felt the Lord building faith as we were even talking. Talking, and I just felt like there's the Lord is speaking to specific seasons, like through our testimony, through the the waiting process, through the financial piece, through the even like waiting for the mission field, going, being affirmed by God, hearing from God. That there are people that are going to pull away like keys for themselves in that. So if you're somebody that is like, I want to go to the nations, I'm waiting here from God, or I'm waiting for a spouse that's also called to the nations, or I'm waiting, I just feel like there's favor right now for that. I feel like there's breakthrough for you. And you need to just grab a hold of that because I can right. feel the tangible presence of the Lord right now on that. And I um, also, I feel like someone has a pain and uh, it's a problem with the right collarbone. I believe your name starts with an S and it might be Steve, but I know for sure it's right collarbone. The second part, I'm I'm taking a step awesome. of faith on that one. Um, also, something with intestinal issues. Um, I feel like what I'm hearing is like low. Uh, what do you call it? Like bacteria? The or what is it? You, you don't have like the proper. Um, I think we use probiotics for oh, digestion. Gotcha. Just imbalance. Yeah. Imbalance. Okay. It's like really low, whatever's inside, and the Lord's going to restore that. Inside. Right. Um, so balance to yeah. the digestive, digestive system. system. Okay. And because we're Irish, I'm going to say if you're deaf or blind right now, we've seen major favor in these areas. And if someone does, I guess if you're not listening to this, if someone you're with has got hearing impairment or is deaf, pray for them. I really feel like the Lord wants to open up ears after this podcast. And also, um, tumors are growth, especially with women in the breasts. 
the Lord wants to dissolve those. He wants to heal you from all kinds of pain and rejection and, and, and just that, that cancerous growth. I just feel we've seen so much favor with these. have been literally dissolving under our hands wow. and we're getting it's medical beautiful. reports from that. Wow. So right now, tumors and, and any kind of cysts or growths dissolve right now in the name of Jesus. That's beautiful. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> I was hearing the Lord too. There is somebody listening that is a super conservative believer and your struggle has been, um, can't I still walk with Jesus, but I'm a Christian too. Even if I don't, you know, walk in all these things and see all these things. And I feel like the Lord wants to completely put that argument to bed with you. There's no reason to live without the supernatural. So that's a, that's a record that's been playing in your head that the Lord has now taken off of the record player and you need to just quit having that conversation. You are talking to a devil. And you wow. need to quit having that conversation. And you just need to know Jesus is a miracle worker, period. You're, you're, you're invited in. There's no reason to stay out. That's great. So, yeah. Well, so if, you're, if you are listening to this podcast and in, if you fell in any of those categories, we would love to hear from you and we would love to hear the testimony of what God's going to do in your life because we know he's going to do it. So you can email us at bhats at bethelatlanta.com and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what God does in your life here um, with, with these great words from the Lord, words of knowledge and healing that are just being declared. It's true. true. And, uh, and so you just shoot us an email. Let us know. <laughs> Michael, Jen Coots, thanks yeah. again. We yeah. love you guys. Thank you You're so much for people. having us. It's, oh. it's a wonderful to be a family and wonderful to share what God is doing with the rest of the family. Yeah. <laughs> what an honor to have you. So thanks for thanks for being with us. And thank you for listening to BH Hatch. You guys remember that we, oh, no, Jesus loves you. And we love you too. <laughs>